Welcome to All Texas Football. I'm Bobby Burton, joined by C.J. Vogel. Uh, C.J. and I are going to talk a little uh, Texas Longhorn recruiting, but we're going to do something a little different today. I want to slow it down. We've been There's been so much news, C.J., that there hasn't been enough time for analysis, in my opinion. And what I want to do this afternoon, really, uh, when we talk about the Longhorns, is just take down just the offensive side of the ball and the offensive recruiting class uh, and talk about those guys. Right now, there are 10 offensive players Committed to Texas, we expect that number to be the same when they sign on signing day. Now, you can add Matthew Golden, uh, the uh, portal commitment from the University of Houston, but really that's a separate situation. I'm just talking about high school guys, and that's what I want to go over with today and get your take. Uh, this episode brought to you, by the way, by Laura Baker, uh, our friend uh, out of out of the, that does Keller Williams Realty, really one of the special people in the industry. Give her a call, 512 784 0505. That's 512-784-0505. Or uh, email her at laura at andyallenteam.com. Her and her husband are going to be at the uh, tailgate party, uh, CJ, by the way, that we'll be at on January 1st uh, in New Orleans. So a uh, big time Longhorn fan and a great person to boot. All right, let's start and, and just take the offense, okay? And let's start and go position by position. Trey Owens, a uh, young man out of Cy Fair High School, just won the Houston Touchdown Club. Offensive Player of the Year Award, passed for 3,333 yards, 43 touchdowns, just four interceptions, had a whale of a senior year, but he's not exactly rated that high. He's six foot five, 225, 230 pounds, but he's not a, a, a four a high four-star prospect like Arch Manning, like Quinn Ewers, who were five stars, or KJ Lacey. He's more in that I, I, and he's he's just not that highly rated. I don't know why necessarily. What do you think the Longhorns are getting in Trey Owens, and, and maybe why is he ranked lower than uh, what uh, what some other guys might be? Yeah, I think it's a uh, you know a bit of a unique thing, and I'm you know this is one of those instances where I'm glad I'm not the one you know providing these rankings or sitting down you know responsible for where guys are, are ranked or whatever. But with Trey, the number one thing that really stands out to me when I watch him play in person when I watch him communicate with his teammates is he gets it. He understands what it is to be the leader of his offense, what it is to be a leader of his team. And at the quarterback position, you know, that's what you want. You know, we, we talked about it with Quinn Ewers this offseason a whole lot. That step that he made in terms of becoming a leader was one of the biggest storylines that Texas had the entire offseason. And I think whenever you come into a, a program like this, already having that under your belt, it helps you a whole lot in terms of your buy-in to the program and obviously your development down the road. Uh, with Trey, again, you have a big arm. You have a guy who's, you know, again, not not the best, you know, or the, the fleetest of foot, but a guy that is agile and, and mobile enough to extend plays, uh, to maneuver through the pocket and, you know, really find guys down the field, which is really impressive to me when you watch him. And I, I do think that deep ball is a strength of his. Uh, Bobby, I'm sure you've seen the – the film, but a 10 to one uh, touchdown interception ratio tells you exactly what you need to know. Yeah, no, th there's a couple things I like about him too. And we'll go back and forth and talk a little bit about each player because we, we have enough time here. My, my take on it is that Trey can make every throw. He's got the arm. What I saw him do as a senior is something that he talked to us about on, on Texas football. He's and you talked a little bit about it. Maneuverability in the pocket. It's not so much that he's fleet of foot. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not even Arch Manning in that regard, right? Where Arch right. can tell us pretty quick. He, he's not Quinn Ewers in that regard. But he may have as good a feel in the pocket, if not better, 
than Quinn Ewers did at the same time frame because Ewers dealt out of this in high school. He was, you know, lighting it up the entire time. Uh, Owens has had to play under a little bit more duress on a typical night, right? And so I, I, I think you combine those two together. The thought that we've had him on this and I, I on the show, and I can tell you that he thinks about football in a cerebral manner, if that makes Absolutely. sense. He, he's not just he's processing. He's not just being going out there and being a robot. I, look, I think he's a classic Steve Sarkeesian. Let's get him in the program and try to develop him and see where he's at in a year and a half, two years. He's probably going to be ready to play in about yes. a year and a half. You know, then let's see what happens after that, because I, I think that he's a he's a quality young guy, but also can make every throw. And that's no, that seems to be to me like the prerequisite. It whether it's it doesn't matter whether you're a three star or a five star to start, you got to be able to make every throw. You agree with that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And and one more thing about you know the when he will be ready to play, you know, with Trey and the University of Texas, he has a deep love for this school. You know, when Texas opted for for him to be the quarterback in this class, he wasted very little time to jump in the boat and say, this is where I want to end up. This is where I want to be. And I think that's very important, you know, for quarterbacks, especially if you don't see the field right away, you know, what happens we saw, we we're seeing it now with the portal and how crazy it's been in the quarterback market. So I don't necessarily see, you know, if two years, you know, go by and he hasn't necessarily seen the field the way he's want to seem, I don't, really this early consider him a big portal threat and that's very key to be a you know an experienced veteran quarterback to eventually step in well no i mean look in, in all steve circus has to say hey look mac mac jones over here waited <laughs> behind a first round pick right right not just one but two you know that that's the way that may be the case and, and you know less wear and tear on your body end up being a first round pick you never know but i'm not i'm not suggesting that i'm just saying as it relates to quarterbacks Absolutely. No, but as it relates to quarterbacks, who better than Steve Sarkeesian to go to right. go tutor? You know, no, um, all right. Let's move, to right. let's move to running backs. Uh, Texas takes two in this class: uh, Christian Clark out of uh, the Phoenix area, and then Jarrett Gibson out of Bradenton, Florida, by way of Ocala, Florida. Uh, both out-of-state guys. Uh, hey, CJ, there are four or five running backs in the state of Texas that Texas passed on to take both Gibson and Clark. Uh, start with Clark and tell me what you think of him, and then we'll talk about Gibson next. Yeah, no, I'm a big fan of Christian Clark. I think, you know, going back to the ratings, this is a guy I'm looking at where I'm thinking, you know, that ratings should be a little bit more favorable here. And obviously for Texas fans, you know, the last running back out of Arizona that came to Austin <laughs> worked out pretty well. I do see some similarities in this game for Christian Clark. You know, this is a guy – very rarely do you do you see him going down off a of first contact. Uh, I, I love what I see in terms of the one cut and go, but also, you know, he can dance around. He has the patience and he has shown the patience uh, to, to really pick and choose when he wants to burst through the hole. And that's something that at the high school level you see very rarely. Texas and, and, and uh, Tashard Choice really made the right choice, no pun intended, uh, to go out west and get uh, Christian Clark in the fold. He's probably my favorite back uh Texas has recruited this year. He's that number one guy on my board, my personal board. Um, do you do you see it the same way? Is that I, I, mean, I, I like him a lot. You know what he does great. And in, uh, you mentioned Tashard Choice, and we can call him a witch if you want to when it comes to recruiting. Well, <laughs> Trail because he gets. I mean, he's literally gotten who he's wanted the last couple of years. Uh, I would say this: 
Christian Clark's feet in the hole are mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, yes. The guy he reminds me of, and this is going to be kind of scary, is Joe Mixon. Okay. Play perspective. He was so pretty good, a, huh? Uh, yeah, those are that's a that's a Pro Bowl level running back. Of course, uh, he did some things off the field to play the Oklahoma running back that uh, people don't like. But on the field, right. those kind of feet in the hole um, are things that I could see him doing. He's kind of subtle with it, you know what I mean? Um, and so I, I feel like he's tremendous. Gibson's a little bit different. I saw him play in person against uh, Lipscomb Academy uh, earlier this year. Gibson is a true pounder. Like he okay. he likes contact. He seeks contact. Now he can run through people. Uh, he's just a little bit different. I think Clark is physical too. Clark played linebacker in high school um, and was injured a little bit coming into his fresh or coming into his senior year. Uh, but I, look, I think Texas and Tashard Choice, I think they have a type at running back. You're either going to be able to break tackles or make people miss, or you're going to be a jet. Now, I don't think either of these two guys are the jet caliber, right? right. They're more the pound it, let's break some tackles, let's run through people. That sort of thing, which may, there's an element here, may fit what you want to do in the SEC, especially because you have Trey Wisner already on yeah. campus for last year's class that kind of fits that jet role. Uh, Jaden Blue fits a little bit of that, too. I feel like these guys, it, it's it's interesting. We talk about Texas being very specific, and they're, they're doing a great job from the director of player personnel and roster management perspective. I feel those two combined, C.J., make a lot of sense within the structure of the entire roster. Is that, is no, that a fair, fair assessment? Yeah, I, and I, I think it's absolutely what you – like. you talk about roster construction. At the running back position specifically, I mean, you hear about it all the time when guys have that thunder and lightning combination in terms of we got the, the big back that will power you, that will wear you down, that will – you know, when the game gets going, that's the last guy on earth that you want to be trying to tackle in the fourth quarter – Whereas, you know, you also have the change of pace guy. Uh, I'm looking at Gibson's stats over here. 1,400 yards on the ground this year. Uh, again, playing at IMG, you're going to be playing against some top competition around the country simply because that's how they schedule their games. And so being able to do that, showing that at the high school level uh, has been very impressive. I'm a big fan of Gibson. I'm sure, you know, you talked about the bruising style of play that he comes with. That photo of him and Tashard Choice on the end home, man. I mean, <laughs> he got some biceps on him. I mean, that's that's one of the most impressively uh, physical specimens in this class, I would say, you know, in the T-shirt and shorts perspective. But but I am excited to see the combination of the both of them. And, you know, we've only seen great running backs since Sarkeesian has been here, uh, whether it be Bijan and Roshan, obviously Jonathan Brooks this year. And we're seeing it again from C.J. Baxter and, and Jaden Blue. So it just continues uh, you know, to chart choice, like I said, I think he's just a, a special recruiter and a special developer. He had two first round picks last year. I mean, Crazy. not just not just B. John Robinson, but Jameer Gibbs, too. Yeah. Uh, so you just got to keep that in mind. All right. At wide receiver. OK, three longhorn, three future longhorns, uh, Ryan Wingo, Parker Livingstone and Freddie DeBose. Uh, Wingo and Livingstone are both mid-year enrollees. Uh, all three of these guys, though, this is a, a concern, potentially all three of them dealt with nagging injuries. Wingo was more of a nagging injury. Livingstone had to sit out most of his senior year. DeBose had a big knee injury, uh, sat out uh, a lot, almost all of his junior year, and then yep. came back this year. Uh, let's talk about Ryan Wingo to start because he's the highest rated of the, of the three. He's the five-star out of St. Louis uh, that has what we think is just big playability uh, on yep. the outside. Uh, give us your thoughts on Ryan Wingo, CJ. 
No, big playability is putting it perfectly there, you know, and it comes with a big frame and the ability to stretch the field. And I think with Sarkeesian's offense, you know, that perfect fit where A.D. Mitchell stepped in this year is exactly what we'll see down the road from Ryan Wingo. I think they play very similarly. Uh, there will need to be some development and, you know, tightening up of the route tree. And I think that's, you know, safe to say for all high school receivers coming in, you know, that's, a, a tough thing. It's a nuanced, you know, approach to the receiver position, which only gets better over time. With Wingo, what impresses me the most is the ability to go up and get it. And I think with a big body receiver, that's exactly what you want to see. You know, a guy that uses his hands to his advantage can go up high point the football and still come down and, and, and take it to the crib if need be. You know, there's a reason why there's five five stars next to his name. He's He's a very talented prospect, albeit still pretty raw in my book. You know, I think it's a little unfair to say he's going to be, you know, that guy, you know, right away in this offense the minute he steps in. Uh, but, you know, that sophomore year, I'm expecting a pretty big jump, you know, and I, I think that should be the case for, you know, most of these five-star guys in the class. Yeah, it's it's getting to the point where, look, Texas is getting good players across the board. That That's just yeah. the reality of it. And so now uh, we, we're, we're going to sit back and see who really performs and amps it up once they get on campus, Parker Livingstone, uh, another guy that I think is a cerebral uh, player, but he's more than just cerebral. I mean, he's a, one of the top 400 meter guys. He, he would be if he really focused on that in the state. Uh, he's got, I think he's got terrific go up and get him 50, 50 ball uh, ability as well. Yeah. Uh, has some natural ball skills to him. He's played other sports, I think, you know, and that plays into it. Uh, another, just like, just like Wingo and just like Debose. All of these are big receivers, by the way. Right. You agree with that? You think they're big, right? That it's no, clear. He looks living so six four, six three yeah. and a half. No, a true six four at that. You know, it's. I, I wait. I got to say this before you say anything about Livingstone. I got to tell people C.J. Vogel went to Love Lady High School, uh, so I need to. I need to tell people that you're. you're excuse me, Love Lady, Love Joy High School. There we and go. So I have to tell you uh, that that C.J. may have a little soft spot for Parker Livingstone. Go ahead, C.J. No, and it, it, I hate that I'm following this up with this comment, but Parker, to me, is probably the most underrated prospect in the state of, of Texas. When I have, I've watched him for four years now at Lovejoy, and I, he came over from J.J. Pierce early in his high school career. I was aware of him the minute he came in. Solomon Summer. This is a guy, you know, and Lovejoy's had some, some good receivers, obviously, Kyle Parker at LSU, Jackson Lavender at, you know, SMU currently. These are guys that, that – produce all over the field when I, when I saw Parker Livingstone week one in the Tom Landry Classic at Island High School it was one of the most impressive single game performances from a high school wide receiver that I've ever seen I think there were four total touchdowns he threw a touchdown he had a kickoff return touchdown at 6-4 I feel like you know for a receiver that big to be able to return kicks and punts you know that's not necessarily uh that that typical mold you see in returners like that. So it is impressive to me. And like you said, the number one thing that people overlook about when it comes to Parker Livingstone is his speed, you know, and that, that track times of 200 and 400 meters that he's running. I think he even got some hurdles in there as well. Translate speeds, translate. He's got great hands. And when you put it all together, you got a special prospect, right? That, I'm going to keep you to that Mark it down folks. CJ Vogel said, Parker Livingstone, the most underrated player in the state of Texas, not just I've in been this the drum. Uh, yeah, no, that's okay. Like, this is good. We'll keep track. All right, Freddie oh, DeBose uh, out of Smithson Valley by way of Shirts Clemens. He started his career there, yep. had the knee injury. Uh, I watched him a little bit in the state championship games on Saturday. Um, 
he doesn't look like he's really fluid back to his pre-injury. Is that a concern? Is that something that other people have noticed? What's what's going on there with Freddie? Yeah, I think it's going to be more of a, you know, a process with getting him back, you know, kind of to where he was prior to that ACL injury. And we've seen ACL injuries, you know, they take time. And at the receiver position, you know, I, I don't want to necessarily say it's a red flag, but it is concerning. And we've we've seen it and we saw it all this year with Isaiah Nayor. You know, how quickly are you able to come back 100 percent? And, you know, what did stand out to me and what was a positive side you know, this was a guy six months after he tore his ACL. He's running full speed, full routes at the Under Armour uh, All-American camp up in Dallas after his injury. Six months, he was back into the fold. And kind of looking back, I'm wondering, was that the right move? Because, you know, as we said, it, it's tough. Uh, but again, the fluidity is something that you can work on. You can work on coming out of breaks. If your knee is, you know, 100% there, we should be able to see that that true track time that that we talked about with Freddie Dubose a lot, uh, but it's all about getting back to where you want to be with Dubose. And I mean, aside from that, Bobby, I, I wanted to get your take on on Freddie because he's a guy that was fed the ball a lot in his high school career. Yeah, my take on it was was really interesting. I thought that if he weren't injured, mm-hmm. I thought he had maybe the most impressive video of any yeah. of the in-state receivers. Once he's been injured, now his, his video's not in that category. I mean, he's still favoring it clearly. Uh, it doesn't right. mean to my point though, it, that could be a year, year and a half recovery. Right. And so he, I feel like he went back and he's just that kind of competitor, right? He didn't want to stay off the field because that's not what he wanted for himself. Uh, I think Texas will take a more judicious look at it. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games and try to bring him along uh, the right way. Okay, I want to say thank you again uh, to our uh, sponsor of the show, Keller Williams Realtor, Laura Baker, a good friend and a great realtor, uh, actually. If you get a chance and you're moving to, from, or within the Austin area, there's nobody you want to call except Laura, 512-784-0505, or reach out to her via email, laura at andyallenteam.com. Thank you, Laura, for your sponsor chip of the Monday roundup. All right. Hey, I, I want to ask you this, uh, uh, CJ, uh, going to the next group, there's really only four guys left on the offensive side of the ball. Jordan Washington, let's start with him. Uh, he is a guy that kind of burst onto the scene and got a bunch of offers in the spring. Not many people even knew who he was, but Texas offered, A&M offered, Alabama offered. All of a sudden, the six foot four, 225 pound, 20 pound tight end was getting offers from all over the country. Jeff Banks, the Texas yeah. tight ends coach, 
uh, included. Uh, basketball player as well. Oh, yeah. your, your thoughts on him and, and how he played this year and how he fits in this offense, in your opinion? Bobby, do you, uh, I mean, having watched football forever, have you ever seen, you know, tight ends with basketball backgrounds have success, you know, anywhere? You know, to name a yeah. few. There's yeah. been no, some. I mean, look, Tony Gonzalez, back, my, one of my very first players that I ever ranked a five-star, was actually a 6.1 back before there was an internet, was Tony <laughs> Gonzalez, uh, who played basketball not only at, uh, who played football not only at Cal, but also basketball at Cal. I've, I've got a big affinity for basketball players that play tight end that also have physicality. Martellus right. Bennett, Jermichael Finley, those kind of guys, they, they have those long arms and they have the strength to actually kind of maneuver in the post. And, and they're a little yeah. wily, you know what I mean? To, to yeah. try, they can no. get open that way. That's, that's what I love about basketball playing tight ends. No, and, and uh, to build on that, it excites the hell out of me. You know, I'm so excited to see that because all you do as a receiver or a, as a rebounder in basketball is get up, go get the ball, use your hands, you know, use your body, contort your body to be in a position to go up and get the ball at the highest point. And at that frame, you know, that's exciting to me. You know, when you're in contested traffic, you're used to that. And I, I, I do think – you know, the, the receiving ability of Jordan Washington is very uh, impressive. You know, I, I think that this is a guy, once you toss him into this system, that route tree and the way that you open the field up currently with Jatavian Sanders, it should still be present after a year or two of really getting into the the college uh, weight room, you know, the, the, the realm of the world of, that is college football. So I love Jordan Washington as a prospect. Uh, and like you said, when it comes to blocking, as long as you show a willingness to put your hat on a guy that's much bigger than you in the trenches, I'll take that out of high school all day because it is a learning curve. And it is something that, you know, you can't teach somebody to want to go hit another guy that's 70 pounds heavier than you. you got to have a desire to play football. Yeah. It's not it's not a, the, the sport is not too below. You know, it's not touch. Right. All right. No. Now, I, you mentioned Parker Livingstone is your underrated player. My two really are Christian Clark and Jordan Washington. Those are yeah. those are my two good ones. I, I understand Livingstone, too, as well as a pick. All right, let's move on to offensive line. Uh, Brandon Baker out of Santa Ana Mater Day is the tackle prospect of this group. I think we can both agree with that. The guard prospect is Nate Kibble out of Atascacita. Like uh, Trey Owens, he was nominated for the Offensive Player of the Year in the Houston area as an offensive lineman. Uh, so <laughs> that's saying something. And then Daniel Cruz out of Richland up in the Fort Worth uh, Metroplex area uh, in, in the mid-cities, I guess you would call it, uh, out of Richland. Those three are an interesting group because they each fill specific roles for Texas. Let's start with Brandon Baker and what you think of him, the young man out of modern day that is ranked a five-star. No, oh, yeah. If you ever want to talk about a rotating door of filling a need with supreme talent, look no further than – what Brandon Baker will be stepping into potentially once Kelvin Bakes departs next year. You know, that's if you're ever going to lose a five-star tackle and have another five-star tackle stepping in, that's the position you want to have it at. And so uh, I, I love Brandon Baker. And the thing that stands out to me is his feet. And I think that's really encouraging, you know, when you're now dealing with the elite pass rushers in the country in the SEC every weekend, you know, the saying slow feet don't eat. And so you can, you can teach technique, you can teach, uh, you know, pass rushing, uh, you know, defenses, if you will, for that tackle position. What you can't teach is having quick feet. And I think that, you know, coming into the college level with that already under your belt, 
certainly helps. And uh, I, I'm a big fan. Yeah, I am too. I, I agree. And I think he's going to start at right tackle. That's what he's been told he's going to start at. Okay. Uh, and then they may move him to the left tackle as as needed. Uh, Trevor Gooseby's over there already. Uh, Jaden right. Chapman's gotten some chances there. Long to su- suffice to say, Texas has some good linemen in the in the in the pipeline. They also have Nate Kibble coming. That's the guard of a, out of Atascacita. Uh, Atascacita has produced I don't know Sam Cosby. Uh, uh, what's it? Kenyon Green, first round pick. Uh, Sam Dewberry. Dewberry. And now Nate Kibble committed to Texas. Tell us a little bit about Nate. No, Nate's a fun one. Uh, you know, he he was a guy who really kind of burst on the scene, I want to say his sophomore year, as a result of playing on the same offensive line as Cam Dewberry. You know, that was a game I would go down to see Dewberry in practice and and come away thinking, you know, that that kid at you know guard next to him was pretty darn good as well. Uh, so, no, I'm a big fan of his. I think what you see right here is a guy who – on the interior, you want to see him climb to second levels. You want to see him in the running game specifically get vertically down the field to create running lanes, to, to open things up. And that's exactly what it does. He's a road grader. Um, I, I was very encouraged. I watched him against North Shore, who, you know, had a defensive line with Chris Ross and a number of guys that went defensive or division one, excuse me, in that front seven. Tasca Sita hung with them, you know, through the jump. So, and it's, it starts with that offensive line, and he's a big component of what we like to see uh, so far with Hayden Connor and DJ Camel and Cole Hudson's development is just continuing the climb. And Kyle Flood, big body, you know, that's a 300 plus pounder. The other thing about Nate Kibble, he has a good wingspan too. Yeah. That's another thing that they like about him at guard because as you go to the, the SEC, not only do you have to have the weight, but the quickness of the, uh, the defensive lineman in pass protection requires you to have. Bigger wingspan, probably. All right. Uh, the guy that I think is the road grader in this class is Daniel Cruz. Uh, having talked to, to uh, a lot of people, including Jerry Hamilton, about this back uh, when we were talking, the thing about Daniel Cruz that's outstanding is he literally was Kyle Flood's number one choice at center from the get go. Texas passed on a guy out in East Texas that likely would have gone to Texas, but but they rated as a center and he's now going to Alabama. He's right. not, he, he's not a bad player at any, by any stretch, no, but not Texas at all. Heard Daniel Cruz, uh, a guy that frankly uh, has a whole lot of nasty to him. I think. Yeah. I, I think on top of that, we talked about cerebral players when it comes to Parker Livingstone and, and Trey Owens previously, Daniel Cruz is a kid that gets it. I mean, when you talk ball to him and when you, anytime I would see him after a visit, you know, on campus after his visit as he exits, you know, the facility or he's departing home. The number one thing he talks about is sitting down with Kyle Flood and being able to go over film, whether it be his or what they do at Texas. You know, that's his number one takeaway and has been since he's been on campus a few times this year. With uh, Cruz, also the number one thing that I want to point out, this is a guy who voluntarily moved to center this year to prepare himself for the move uh, or to the jump uh, to college this year or next year. So, that, that's something that, he, again, I talk about a guy who gets it, being able to say, hey, coach, let me play the position I'm going to eventually be at permanently. It says it all. Yeah, absolutely. I saw him pull the center in high school. You don't see that much on it on uh, unless you have a really special center prospect. Right. Right, overall, overall, like I said, 10 guys total uh, in this recruiting class, not including Matthew Golden, uh, the portal transfer. We'll talk about him or we've talked about him separately. Uh, how do you feel like Texas addressed needs? Any 
Any uh, strengths in this? Any glaring weaknesses to you? Your thoughts? Yeah, I think absolutely. Uh, receiver is one that I think is a good strength. And I do think it is, you know, you mentioned the injuries and kind of the, the nagging time away from the field for all three, really. But when you look at the three and how, how their ceilings stack up comparatively to, you know, classes in the past, adding, you know, three big body guys that can stretch the field vertically will always pan out well in the Steve Sarkeesian offense. And I, that, that really is impressive to me. And then at, at the tackle position, anytime you can add a guy with a five-star pedigree and, 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 and really set of tools that comes with Brandon Baker, you can never complain about that. Yeah. I, I like them all. I like Jordan Washington as a kind of that, uh, that under the radar guy. I love Christian Clark's game. I like Trey Owens as a developmental quarterback because I think he's yeah. got all the tools. I mean, you just you put him in the oven and let him bake and see what he ends up in in a year. I'm, I'm serious. I I think that that is like a perfect person because I think that he's going to end up uh, really making himself bigger, more physical, you know, over time. Uh, and then the offensive line, uh, I think they got three future guys that can start for him. So you you mix all that together with the guys like Wingo and Livingstone that can score touchdowns. Jarrett Gibson, I think it's a good overall class. Um, and, you know, as we look at this, look, we're looking at can this group compete in the SEC, right? And I think they can because I think they got some touchdown makers. I think yeah. Wingo and Livingstone in particular, Clark, uh, another one uh, that I think can make people miss. Uh, Owens protects the ball. Washington, I think, can score touchdowns. Uh, in, end of the day, I mean, Steve Sarkeesian doing Steve Sarkeesian things and a really yeah. good offensive class, in my opinion. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm right there with you. And, you know, we've talked in the past about Sarkeesian and his crew being able to go out and handpick guys. You, there's no one more that he's been able to handpick than, like you mentioned, Daniel Cruz, Trey Owens, Parker Livingstone, guys who the minute they, they said, you know, we want you to be a part of our class, they jumped in the boat. Says a lot about where this program is headed and why they want to be a part of this offense. Yeah, I love it. All right, that's going to do it for today. Wanted to do something and slow it down a little bit. Talk to Parker, uh, talk to CJ about uh, all of these uh, players uh, and get going on it. So uh, for CJ Vogel, I'm Bobby Burton. Thanks to Laura Baker of Keller Williams Realty. This has been On Texas Football.